Welcome to Seeds of Hope. Listen now to this encouraging and uplifting message of faith and trust in our Lord, shared by Father Mike Moore. Mary is such a model of someone who listens deeply. She was tuned in to God. So when the angel Gabriel came to her, she heard the angel. There was a a practice of listening deeply. I think a lot of us today yearn for that. We, want, we, we pray now, but isn't it true that most of us, we wish we could pray deeper. We wish that prayer was even more transformative in our life. I heard years ago about a survey that was done with 50, 95 year olds. This is back in the day when the people didn't live that long. So this is a rare kind of group. So they asked the 50, 95 year olds this question. If you could live your life over again, what would you do different? They said, if I could live my life over again, I would have reflected more. You know, most of us, I think I can say most of us, we just go through life. It's functionality. You do one thing after the next thing. Because you'll ask people sometimes, like, how are you? And they'll usually say, fine, right? But if you say, no, how are you really? Most of us have to think how we are. So they would have reflected more. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Now, I've heard this story. It's, it's true. I've seen it online. I've seen the pictures. In the 1980s, there was a truck driver named Larry Walters. And he was sitting in his backyard and he, you know, in, in his lawn chair. And he was dreaming about, he wished he could learn how to fly. He didn't have enough money to become a pilot, though. And he heard about hang gliding, you know, where you strap the thing to your back and you just jump off. He didn't like that idea. (laughs) So he must have had a couple of beers when he came up with this one. He thought, you know what? I'm going to go out and buy a whole bunch of weather balloons. And I'm going to tie them to my lawn chair. And then I'll be able to go up and fly around a little bit. So he buys 44 white uh, weather balloons filled with helium. And he ties them in clusters to the different parts of his chair, in the front, the back, the up and down. And you can see the photograph of this. And he's, you know, he's on the ground. And here, here's what he's going to take up there when he goes up there. Because he, he figured he's going to go up there about maybe you know a few hundred feet, float around the neighborhood. So he takes with him... A CB radio, if those of you remember what that was. It was, you know, the kind of radios that the truck drivers would use. And then it got real popular and everybody was buying them. So it was a way of talking before we had cell phones. So he's going to take the CB radio up there so he can talk to the ground and the people there. His girlfriend was down there. And then he's going to take some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> and then he's going to take a um, 22 millimeter rifle. See, that's how he's coming down. He's going to shoot the bullets. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what a scheme. So anyway, he goes up. But he doesn't just go a few hundred feet. There's reports that he went 11,000 feet into the air. Uh, you can hear, I heard a recording once of this, and his, you can hear his girlfriend frantic on the ground. Come down, come down. <laughs> 
So he goes up 11,000 feet right into the approach corridor for Los Angeles International Airport. <laughs> and there's a, in, the, in the article that was written after this happened, there was a TWA pilot who went by him and he calls the tower and he said, I just passed a guy in a lawn chair. <laughs> So anyway, he eventually gets down. He gets arrested immediately because he broke a lot of laws doing this. And they didn't press charges because they just wanted him to go away, you know? And they, <laughs> the reporters ask him these two questions. The reporter says, um, why did you do it? And Larry said, well, you just can't sit around all day. <laughs> Were you afraid? And his answer was, yes. Wonderfully so. Wonderfully so. The reason I tell this story is, you know, to go deeper in your prayer life with God or deeper in your relationships that mean the most to you with your spouse or your children or friends, it can be scary. I don't know what's going to happen if I go deeper. What's God going to ask? What's going to happen to my relationship if we really started talking about deep stuff? It could be frightening, but just like Larry was up there looking at the beauty all by himself, no noise. That's what can happen in our prayer life. Wonderful beauty. It's worth the risk. So let's look at the relationship briefly. I'm going to give you um, an acronym. You know how those are. Each letter stands for the word. I got this from the Institute for Priestly Formation at Creighton University in Omaha. They do marvelous work helping seminarians deepen their prayer life because they really said, how can we get the best priests, holy priests? So let's add on an element to their already their seminary formation and just focus on spirituality for a summer. So they take an eight-day silent retreat, and they have courses all summer about how to deepen my life with the Lord. It's beautiful. They came up with this. It's really, like I said, this is classic Catholic spirituality, but I like the way they formulate it here. The acronym is A-R-R-R. -R -R. The letters stand for this. Acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. So let me make a few comments about each one. So acknowledging, it's like being aware of what's happening. What am I feeling? What am I thinking? Sometimes when I'm feeling down in the day, I do that. I stop and I say, why am I feeling down right now? What's, what's happening right now that's making me feel this way? And I go through my reflection, and then I find the things right away. Oh yeah, no wonder I'm feeling down. This happened, and this happened, and this happened. So that's the first part. Then the next part in prayer is to relate that to God. So I'm, I'm going to talk about what it is that I'm acknowledging. We all say it's a beautiful thing about our Catholic spirituality, man. There's no religion in the world that has as rich a treasury of spirituality as the Catholic Church. I mean, we go all the way from the Carthusians, who are hermits, all the way to the charismatic renewal. You know, it's, I mean, the big, and there's everything in between. The rosary novenas, all kinds of devotions, Lexio Divina with the scriptures, there's all this richness. But if I just said prayers and I wasn't really engaging what's going on in my life, 
It's got to come from the heart. St. Teresa of Avila used to talk about that. If I'm not aware of who I'm talking to and of whom I'm making this request and who's listening to it, she said, I don't consider that prayer at all. So it, it needs to be like whatever the words I'm saying at the time I'm reflecting, somehow I'm relating what's really going on in my life, what's happening. So here's a little illustration. This is a, a priest friend of mine. He said this priest was uh, going on retreat. It was going to be a silent retreat. He was going to meet with this retreat director once a day. So he goes in for the first day, and he's, and he's saying, you know, I, I just don't know. I just don't, I just don't have the energy like I used to have. I'm not, I don't have the, the, the zest in my life right now. And, you know, there's fights in the parish. Why can't people just get along? My prayer life is dry. And then he, he even said that he was at a party and he found himself like saying a couple of lines that were like a little flirty. And he said, I don't do that. So he keeps going on. And so the guy broke in. Now, I don't know if I'd have the courage to do what this guy did, this spiritual director. He broke in and said, stop whining. <laughs> and the priest was taken aback. He said, what do you mean whining? Is that what you're doing? You're whining about this, whining about that. For those of you who are parents, when, when your kids are whining, what do you tell them when they're whining? Tell them to stop. Knock it off. Forget it. Thankful you tried to redirect them, right? The priest mentioned that the spiritual director said to him, you know, a lot of parents, they just say, I'm not going to listen until you stop whining. So he says, why would God not want to do the same thing? Then the director said to him, what is really underneath all this stuff? What do you really want? Go talk to God about that. The guy said he had one of the best retreats of his life. Now that's relating. So that's the second part of that acronym. Same thing in our relationships. Do I, do I really talk about what really matters, at least sometimes, with the people I'm closest to? Then the receiving. Now this is a part I find, and even in my life, I make a mistake on this. A lot of times, this is the way we pray. We say what we want, or we're relating, and then we kind of like, it's like we're kind of throwing it over there and say, okay, God, fix it. <laughs> All the scriptures, God's saying, that's not how I work. We, we do this together. I'm, I'll be with you. I'll walk with you. You need to be part of this. So I ask people, do you really take time in your prayer after you've uh, given your intentions to really listen? Just be, and I tell them, just be, just be quiet for a little while. You don't have to listen like, you know, like I'm straining. We all would like a pipeline spirituality. You know what that is? You open the pipe and, hey, Lord, here's what I need right now. And then we put our ear up to the pipe and we expect it to come right back down there. It's not how it usually goes. So when I listen, I'm just getting still and quiet. It's like Mary, really. I'm pondering it. I'm reflecting. And then because of that, sometimes it comes then, but sometimes it comes in another part of the day. People will say this a lot too. They'll say, oh, that's, that's the answer to my prayer right there. I can see that now. You know, somebody tells them something two or three times. I said, I think God's talking to me. <laughs> Sister Ruth Burroughs, who's a Carmelite in England, she says, when I take the time to listen in my prayer, I dispose my whole life to be a life of listening. 
I couldn't have this without taking that time in prayer daily. And then when I'm listening all day long, it becomes like St. Paul says, pray constantly. In a way, I'm praying all day long. Making room for listening. So here's an illustration of this that was related to me too, about a woman who was at like a cocktail party. You know, there's just people gathering and there was a priest there. She had not been to church in years and she she decides to tell this priest that she's angry at God because something happened way back and that was it. No more conversation. So he tells her, just what I'm kind of telling you, why don't you go into church and tell God about how you're angry? You won't hurt his feelings. He wants to hear from you. Just why don't you go in there, just tell him how angry you are. So she did it. She meets him again later on and she tells him about it. And she said, actually, when she went in, there was nobody there, so she said it out loud. She said, I really let God have it. And then he asked her this question. What came back? What did you receive? And she said nothing. Spiritual directors love to ask this question. Well, tell me about the nothing. Well, I could tell he was there. And I could tell he was listening. Well, that's not nothing. If you haven't talked to God in years, and you go the first time and you feel his presence, and you feel him listening, that's not nothing. So he would send her back there. Well, why don't you go back and talk some more? So that's the idea of receiving. And then lastly, the response. I find for a lot of people, when that dialogue is going on like that, usually the response does show up. I may not want to do it, but it shows up. So here's a little uh, incident of that. A person was on retreat, on a, one of these retreats I was just sharing with you, and they, it, and they recommended doing um, what's called prayer of imagination. It's really the way St. Ignatius of Loyola teaches. He calls it contemplation. You imagine the gospel scene. Don't worry about the historical accuracy of the details. And you just put yourself in the scene. You're watching it. Sometimes you're a part of it. It just happens. And Ignatius and several other saints said, in that meditation, it doesn't mean everything I'm thinking is coming from God, but sometimes there's something in it that really touches your heart and there's God. So listen to what happened to him. He's meditating about Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. And he, he's watching Jesus do it. And then he goes to the next chair and then he's sitting in the chair. And Jesus is washing his feet. And he was telling the spiritual director what that felt like. That his savior was kneeling down, washing his feet. And then Jesus gave him the bowl in the picture, and he says, you do the next person. And he goes over, and he looks up, and there's the person he's not talking to now. He said, my meditation ended immediately. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. So the response came. He was supposed to really forgive him, and he couldn't do it. The spiritual director said to him, well, what can you do? Could you say a prayer for him? Could you even say a prayer that you could stop feeling what you're, the hurt you're feeling so you could forgive him? And he could do that. That's the response. So there is the dynamic of the relationship. And when, once that's going and it's open like that, it just keeps happening with the same kind of cycle. 
So acknowledging what's happening in my life, relating it in my prayer, listening for what I'm going to receive back, and then responding. So if you could reflect on one major event in your life where God was very near, you just felt that God was at that one, was right there. How were the dynamics of ARRR present in that? If you, and you think back of it, can you, can you see them there? I would bet for most of us, when we have that kind of moment, these were there. These allowed that to happen. It was there. That's allowed the, our heart and the mind to be open. And then the second question is, how do you sense God's presence with you right now, today? This could be for now, could be as you go through the day, and especially as you go home. How did I, how did I feel God there when I gathered with these friends and parishioners? If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you would like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike in your web browser or wherever podcasts are available.